This one is called the pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Alright, welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. Yes. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we're broadcasting from Unity Village in Kent- oh, Lee's Summit, Missouri. Beautiful downtown Lee's Summit, Missouri. Yes, we Today's are. Today's show is called Embrace Your Good Luck Consciousness. We have Janet Prince. We have Ginny Roll in the house. We have Stephen Tom Thorpe. We'll see what happens. We're looking forward to having some barbecue after this. But our show is called Embrace Your Good Luck Consciousness. People who we call lucky are those who have stumbled upon the working of the law of good fortune. The good news is that we can understand this law and live by it. On this episode, Daryl and Ed remind listeners that the only luck charm we need is the consciousness of good fortune. And... During the second segment or the first segment, like I said, we got Janet Prince, Ginny Roll. We might have a reading from Mightier Than Circumstance, which is an amazing book by Frank B. Whitney. Whitney, yes. It's a Unity classic that will leave you feeling lucky. <laughs> well, at least one of the chapters will. We could thank Jeff Comfort because he did attempt to help us. Well, and he's going to be putting this on. That's right. Uh, podcast so everyone can hear it and each week he takes us right into the comfort zone all right all right all right well if you're a new listener or an old listener we always encourage everyone to be a member of the funniest thing club yes and the great news is you don't have to actually sign up no or Commit anything to Daryl and Ed, but... We got news for you. If you're listening right now, you're probably already a member. Yes, it's just a way to remind ourselves that we are a group of truth enthusiasts who live each day as ambassadors of God's love. As we consciously radiate love, we perform everyday miracles and expect better than expected outcomes. If you're already living this way or strive to, then you may consider yourself a member. We motivate one another by simply sharing how miracles occurred naturally in our circumstances as the result of living lovingly and expectantly. And you know what's funny? That's actually the key to a good luck consciousness. Yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about there. You're talking about living lovingly and expectantly, correct? Yes. We are at Unity Village. We spoke at the, the Charles Fillmore Bible Society first annual gathering yes. with amazing ministers like the people we just mentioned. And um, we have been digging in recycling bins, finding amazing yeah. original New Thought material, Unity material. I, we've, I found an actual original copy of a booklet from... 1887 
before Unity even mm -hmm. became Unity, right. that they were reading. Right. And um, the name of it skips my mind, but that's just an example of the type of things we were, uh, we were finding yeah. in a recycle bin. Yeah, and Mark Hicks, who's been on our show before, he's an amazing new thought leader. An archivist. An archivist. And uh, what's the name of the Bible that we were working with? Fillmore Study Bible. The Fillmore Study Bible. No, Fillmore Metaphysical uh, Study Bible. Fillmore Metaphysical Study Bible. If someone at your church wants one or your minister, we would love to get you one. You can reach out to Daryl and Ed or Mark Hicks. At truthunity.net. Yeah. And they will get you one. Um, or several for you and your church, right. uh, absolutely free. Right, and so um, if, you, if you're contrib contributing through Patreon, we thank you, we bless and, uh, and multiply those offerings. Um, Mary Lee Warren went to our prosperity, watched our prosperity Zoom recording and said, I always love these conversations, was hit hard by Ed's comments about making other people's problems my own and learning not to do that. Been really working, trying to create this boundary. My question is, why the heck didn't you say this 25 years ago, LOL? I wonder that same thing for myself. So Marilee, we hear you. If you want to send us anything, just send it to Funniest Thing, PO Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. We had the chance to go to, uh, well, we were going to go to, <laughs> how do I even say this, man? So there's a bunch of the attendees at the conference who set up carpools to various unity churches in the area to attend the Sunday service. So long story, short story long, long story short, Daryl, everyone who attended, we must have seen, what, 30 sermons, right? I mean, we, we, we heard 30 messages. We did 180 sermons in 24 hours. Right, right. So... We were more interested <laughs> to be in all in honesty, full transparency. We were more interested in visiting some of the sites to take in the energy. Yeah, and these historical unity yes um, locations. Yeah, so we went to Tracy and Ninth, and enjoyed part of the, the the truth talk. Well, and just to let listeners who are unfamiliar with what that is, yeah. it was a building that. Charles and um, Myrtle Fillmore purchased, and they used primarily as a printing uh, facility, yes. we learned today. Right. And upstairs was where the Silent Unity began, where they would pray at a certain time for yes. people all over the world. And because they believe, like we believe, that there is no distance in mind. Yeah, so we came in very, very excited Primarily to just take in the energy and see what we could learn from, more than anything else, just the energy that is living in this you know, this area, in that building. Yes. And so, what's the fellow's name? I don't want to get him he in trouble. Us yeah. Mike. Mike. So Mike showed us around. We uh, we were flying so high. Um, we went with Mike. We went upstairs. Took us upstairs. We meditated in Myrtle's in the office there where she did the healings. Um, Got some amazing downloads about um, Daryl. You got a really powerful one. I yes. Mean, yeah, you can put that in a way that can inspire people. Well, because um, you know, there's a lot of history, and and over time, nothing is forever as far as uh, material things. Right. As far as material things, and there's a there was a big part of me for some 
Well, let me say this because I think it'll help too. This yeah. building is quite dilapidated. Yes. It's quite, quite dilapidated. So, you know. It is, it, it, yeah. it's, it is in extreme disrepair. Yeah. And um, there's cats living in it. Yeah. And there's a lot of changes happening in Unity Village and just in the Unity movement in general. So there, it, it's a, there's a process of digestion that takes place. Like, what's, going, what's happening here? What is trying to happen? But here's the thing. So for a long time, I was always a little um, disappointed. Mm-hmm. Not distressed, but disappointed that Unity Village wasn't, isn't what it once was. Yeah. And I was equating that mistakenly with, oh, no, what's going to happen if this just becomes a, a corporate complex? Right. There's a lot of rentals going on here. Yes. It's just changed from what... From we, the, the amazing stories we've heard about many yes. of the ministers who were here in the heyday when it was bustling and full of life. And, and the, the ministers yes. were living here, the people becoming ministers. and It was a university for universal truth right. for everybody. Right. Not just to be, and it wasn't even just about manufacturing ministers. No. It was about helping everyone learn how to live by these principles Correct. to transform their life for the better. Right. And even Maya Angelou never became a minister, Right. Um, but she uh, attended uh, some classes. Do you know that right when she died, I learned this, that a couple months later they were planning on her because, giving her an honorary ministry, making her an honorary minister. Reverend? And she's like, ah, I don't need that, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Charles Filmer would have probably said that. You don't need that. You're yeah, living yeah. it. Right. So uh, so that was like, and I came into Unity in uh, 1986, and it was like, uh, I didn't come here. Right. But all the churches were filled, and it was positive. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. So there was a part of me that's disappointed that that part of it seems to be atrophying. Right. But... Um, it doesn't take, it doesn't, it's never distracted me from applying this in my daily life. Correct. Which is the whole point yes. of Charles Fillmore's and Myrtle Fillmore's mission mm-hmm. was to disseminate the information mm-hmm. to as many people as they can, understanding, and I read this in What is Unity by Charles Fillmore, mm-hmm. just, I was taking a nap or before the show, and it was, he, he said, so they can apply it because we must remember this is, he didn't call it self-help, but he's somewhere between self-help and do-it-yourself thing. That yes. This isn't about having an intermediary. What do you call it? Someone that goes between? Intermediary. Yes. Intermediary, yes. Yes, it wasn't about having to have a reverend or a minister. It was you, we want you to understand that you can connect to the higher power, right? And based on the teachings of Jesus, the miracles he performed, right? If you could wrap your head around that, the conceivable idea that he was saying that he wasn't the great exception, he was the great example. And when he was saying "follow me," he was saying like "follow the leader, do as I do, and you'll get the same results right. or better." Right. So, understanding that. <clears throat> But still disappointed about everything seeming to be um, moving away from the, I mean, the buildings and stuff and the congregations being big. I had a little bit of disappointment. Yeah. However, 
today, because we walked into such an extreme example of uh, the, the dilapidation, the dilapidation, the very small congregation. And yes. It was like we were shown this for a, a reason. reason, a good reason, not a reason to go, oh, no, no yeah. one cares, yeah. you know, in the hierarchy. We go upstairs. Upstairs, the room is where Myrtle Fillmore had her office, and she was doing the healings. The Silent Unity stuff was up, you know, started up there. Yeah. So I found a picture online, so we could like really locate where her desk was, and so we did that. We put some chairs there. We yeah. sat in the spot where the pictures were taken. Yeah. Stephen Tom Thorpe took, the took a really Perfect. good picture of a remake of us where. Or, um, where Myrtle and I think an assistant or someone was stand, sitting next to her. And so Daryl was where Myrtle was and I was in the other chair. So we're both sitting there and um, Michael, you know, was done chatting with us and he kind of drifted yeah, off. Yeah, I asked him if we could have a moment before we came back down. So uh, I'm sitting there and just in meditation and all of a sudden, I didn't know if, this was from Myrtle Fillmore, but it was definitely somewhere higher than me. Because up until this point, remember, I, I've been very disappointed right. about, you know, even the things in the recycle bin. Right. You know, it's, we got to save this stuff. Well, all of a sudden, it was like a big, like, load was off my shoulders. It was like, it was almost like Myrtle herself was saying, it, it, it's not here. It's not here. It's, it has nothing to do with this place. With the buildings. With the buildings. She was like, it has nothing to do with the buildings. Nothing yes. to do with the buildings. And the buildings can go. And I felt, oh, yeah. That's right. I felt so high knowing that the message, the vessel for the message, Jesus didn't have buildings. Yeah. He didn't have yeah, people like to go back, oh, well, he walked over here, he was in Jerusalem. But really, we're living this all over the world. You don't have to ever go back. And you know what the great metaphor is? To where Jesus was. When you're saying that, the metaphor that I'm catching is that he was always invited into spaces. And he would go wherever he was yes. invited. It didn't matter who it was. Yeah. Anyone who would invite him in for a conversation or a meal, he would join them. And that's a great... Because when I was sitting there, I, my takeaway was, wow, the real thing is that they just believed this wholeheartedly. That's yes. the thing. They believed in it that much. And that belief is what, and I just said, God, we will take this wherever and however we can. We will get this out to as many people as we can. And I will still say, um, because Unity Village is so big and so beautiful and they've done some really great things with creating the Airbnbs and maintained so much of the uh, integrity of the, um, you know, the fountains and the, the, uh, the labyrinth and all these little areas. And the, yes. the, there's a, a walking or hiking trail. And there, there's such, I mean, it's still a wonderful place yes. to come and feel that energy. And it's been so prayed up over the years that you can actually feel it here. Yeah. You know, that's uh, the power of unity is that they chose that word not to be, not for just a word, but for what it means. And so Daryl found a great book 
this was this in the recycling bin? No. Okay. So this on the way out. Oh, at Tracy. At Tracy, they had all these pamphlets that you don't see anymore. So I go, oh my God, unity in the next millennium. And I go, for the way I've been, the way things are changing, let's see what they foresaw. So. I went to the, you know, I was thinking, well, what can we read from this? So I was, just went to the end portion where it says unity in the 21st century. And then if you think about, this is an organization that was just representing something cosmic, which is unity. Like we are just a, like that's, like, you know that's what I'm saying? Why, we are representing yes. a higher power called unity. Well, that's why prayer and mind has no distance. That's right. That that's was right. the powerful idea of naming it unity because you're like, holy smokes, I could pray. It, I don't have to be with people. And if you think about what you just said about not needing buildings and this and that, and, and you, re, you hear this message, it really makes a lot of sense. Unity in the 21st century. Unity's message to the world of the 21st century is simple yet profound. It is this. You have everything you need to reach within yourself and access a personal and very direct connection to God. Through that connection, you will grow in perpetual peace and unconditional love for everyone and everything. Through that connection, you will be guided by a, a power within you greater than you have ever imagined yourself to be. You will know every word to speak and every action to take. You will not know doubt or fear. You will not lack confidence. You will not lack anything. You will finally once and forever know beyond any doubt that you are a brilliant and beautiful creation of spirit. This is the unavoidable conclusion that every human being will reach. It is a realization that you, my friend, can uncover on this threshold of a new millennium. Unity supports you. Remember, unity. Yeah, it's not unity. a building. It's not a building. It's not a specific religion. It's like a principle. Unity. It's a living presence. Unity supports you in experiencing that realization, however it may come to you. We will be here as we have been for these 100 years to support you and remind you of who you are. We will pray with you. We will offer ideas and insights. We will love you. Our intention is to be a beacon of spiritual light in the world, community, by living the truth as it has been revealed to us. And we wholeheartedly encourage you to do the same. In whatever your inner guidance dictates, whatever way, in whatever way your inner guidance dictates. Wherever you are, whatever path you are walking, whatever you need, know that unity extends itself to you and salutes you in your role as a spiritual pioneer, readying the world for its progression into a new time of love, peace, and goodwill. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I know. So. that Well, we could go right into the three breaths That's what I was that. thinking. And then we could, I was saying, we could just read. I, I could read a tiny bit of this, and, and then, then we got to bring, bring some somebody up because I know that we want to hear. I want to hear it from others now. Yeah, we said a lot. We felt a lot. We have been up and down the spiritual ladder so many times this this last couple days that uh, we didn't hear a hundred and eighty sermons, but we definitely heard more than one a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Yeah. 20. We heard 20 sermons, ladies and gentlemen. Was that it? I thought it was 30. <laughs> 20 speakers. It was 20 speakers. Yeah, and everyone brought a different, a different flavor. expression. A different, yeah, different flavor. That's a good way of saying it. So, All right, we got three breaths. Julie Andrews yep. made these famous. Earlier we heard from Myrtle, now we're going to hear from Julie Andrews. Because when we have this consciousness of good fortune, yes. it's, it's wise to kick up our heels. It's wise to let power flow through our voice with affirmative thoughts, with song. Yes. And they're all over the place, these songs, these affirmative songs. So let's take a breath. <laughs> Ah, I feel lucky, oh so lucky. I feel lucky and giddy and bright. Ah, I feel lucky, oh so lucky. I feel lucky and giddy and bright. I feel lucky, oh so lucky. I feel lucky and giddy and bright. Okay, right. we're going to read a little something. Because really, I read this last night, uh-huh. and I just happened to be talking about something I was talking to Ed about. Yes. Because I know most of you heard, if you've been a long-time listener, that I got introduced to Unity through the military, actually ordered to go, <laughs> in a way, because while well, I was in a rehabilitation center. And in the rehabilitation center at that time, in 1986... It didn't care what your mental problem or deficiency was, mm-hmm. the reason why you were placed there. Um, the solution was the same, meaning we didn't get, there was no medications. They didn't have so many different diagnoses right. for types of personality prob- disorders like they do now. So we weren't given any medicine. We had a nurse who gave us like a little thing of just vitamin B. You know, they were big into b- okay, vitamins yeah. then. So we had to take our vitamins and eat mild exercise. And the rest of it was spirituality. Yes. You know, we were doing, you had to come up and you had to start praying. Whatever it was, you know, you believe in. It didn't matter what your religion was. If you had no religion... Uh, one of the counselors even said, look, you could use my God. Well, what's your God? Don't worry about it. Just know I have a God and just imagine that one's working for you. Can you do that? Look at me. I'm a lot more better off than you, aren't I? I work here. So we're like, okay, <laughs> we could do that. Oh, and That's great. That's and great. the thing is, that's the results logic. the results were significant. Mm-hmm. I'm still here today. My life is totally transformed yes. from who I was prior to that. I was the worst, and within a year's time, from after I left the rehabilitation center, not by scheming and you know fighting, and I'm going to make a good military guy out of myself, 
within a year of just waking up and doing morning prayer, meditation, but key thing was living with faith, and faith was described as joyful expectancy, believing that God has good in store for me, that all things come together for good, and live by that theme of mind, making that my prime, prime predominant conscious belief within a year. I went from an E1, which is lower than boot camp, you leave boot camp at E3, not trusted with very much, to a year later, just a year later, folks, I was the military liaison representing all uh, five branches of the military. So that's Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, and Coast Guard as the military liaison to the prosecuting attorney of Honolulu. So I was trusted so much to be put in the civilian community. And the thing was, Mike Dugan, one of my mentors, told me, you got to treat your life as if you are God's ambassador of love. Doesn't matter what your job is, that's just the role you're playing. It's almost like I always wanted to be a secret agent. Right. Well, now I got to be a secret agent on behalf of God. And my disguise was, my cover was, you know, Coast Guard, mm -hmm. military liaison mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the downtown Honolulu prosecutor's office. Right. And I ended up staying at that job. I had a wonderful time. I, I, by living these principles, talk about good fortune. The longest tour in Honolulu, in Hawaii, is two years. You could be the Admiral of the Coast Guard. It's two years. Because it's, you right. could just imagine, yeah, it's wonderful right. duty. Right. I was there for four and a half years. Can you believe it? This stuff doesn't happen. I ended up um, get, being honorably discharged. And while I was in an inactive reservist, Desert Storm broke out. And they called me, got in touch with me, certified male. And I thought, oh my God, I'm. I'm going back in, you know? Right. I was back in art school going, this is not good. I called Mike Dugan, my mentor. I said, Mike, it looks like they're calling me back in. I got registered, you know, registered mail from the Coast Guard. And we're starting a war in the Middle East. And uh, he said, ooh, this is great. What wonderful thing's going to come of this? Uh -huh. He goes, look at your career. Look at your life so far. You might be head of the uh, Bob Hope USO shows because Bob Hope was still alive. Right. And who knows? But then he said this, but don't go pick up that letter unless you're willing to see what God's will is for you. And I said, I'm, I want to go see what God's will is because he knew just yeah. what to say to get me to go. And what it was was uh, the secretary of the army was tracking me down to give me a commendation medal. And at the time, I was like the only person in the Coast Guard to get a medal, a commendation medal from the Army. I mean, since Desert Storm, there's been many, many more. But um, this is just an example of this good luck consciousness. Yes. It really is having the consciousness of God, of God being good and believing having joyful expectancy that all things come together for good. And what happens is you will find evidence of it. But the reason, 
And this goes right to why he wrote this story, which we pretty much summed up yeah, in the synopsis. That's right. We have, this is what he says. People who we call lucky are those who have stumbled upon the working of the law of good fortune. So the reason my type of rehabilitation existed was because a colonel in the army who did two tours in Vietnam came back and him and some of his colleagues were well aware. They said, you know, when you're in uh, battle, uh, you see a lot of miracles. You see a lot of what you would call miracles. And they started to wonder, wait a minute, why are some guys apparently so much more miraculous or right, lucky right. than others? They said, we need to go back because there must be a cause. There must be a cause. And we need to, if we trace it back, we might just be able to replicate it. Right. So we could share this with others in the military. And this came out of because we got our, you know, heinies handed to us in Vietnam. And it was horrible. So they wanted to be able to yes. not have to suffer as much and learn from this. And that's why it trickled down into these the rehabilitation center that I went to. And what it really was was exactly <clears throat> what unity teaches, which is, you know, first century Christianity. You know, that was another thing uh, Phil, Charles Fillmore uh, mentioned in the little thing. He didn't call it first century Christianity. He called it something else that meant the exact same thing, which is if we can learn by live the way the master teacher, Jesus, was teaching and believe in that way, then we will receive the results. Yes. And that's, I'm, I'm evidence of that. You're evidence of it. Yes. People we meet. And the proof is in the pudding. That's why the show is called Funniest Thing, because we're always calling each other. Every time we apply it, which is all the time, we're like, holy cow, funniest thing. I yes. can't believe it. You know? I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, and I, they're the same exact thing. I think with what limited knowledge I have just sounds like Charles seeing Myrtle heal, saying, how do I replicate that? Yes. How do I get that out? Same thing. That really, because I've been down, you know, just asking God, like, okay, you know, what, and I told him, you know, like, what, what is it you want me to do? How, what, you know, and uh, so many things in my life were transformed on a daily basis that um, I see the people around me suffering through. My mind worries about a lot of those same things, but I work with my mind, and sometimes I think, what am I doing here? Like, I feel crazier because I'm working with that mind and not ignoring it as much. But So sometimes it can feel like, oh, I must have even more, but it, it's crazy how by, or it's beautiful how by treating the concern, like Eric Butler yes. said, instead of trying to treat the outward condition, that the concern believes is going on, treat the concern and go back into the good luck consciousness of good fortune, knowing that it is principle that God is ever increasing good. And that if my mind does not believe that, then it's my mind that is off track and need, I need to work with it to get it back online with that. It has changed everything yes. in my life. I, you know, I don't know that I have less anxiety than I ever had, but I know what to do with it. 
when it comes. Well, and the anxiety can turn into our zeal. You even yes. brought that up. Yeah, I think it was Fillmore or someone told us that that, that center in our brain of fear when activated properly is the same center of zeal. Yeah. And that uh, the hippocampus or you know holds all that. So and it's just tweaking the consciousness enough for that the hippocampus and it switches over to ooh I wonder what wonderful things going to come of this yes. instead of oh no. And that's why you can't rehearsing pack, the bad. That's right. And that's also why you can't pack the musket and think no. That thinking off track is a sin or, or is bad, I should say. Because when we express ourselves, rather, because, you know, if you're in new thought, you can pretend that you don't have those thoughts. And I can do that. I can try to fit in with the other smiling, positive the projection that I'm putting out there. But by, you know, the, the best thing I got out of my spiritual psychology program was the self-counseling thing, which is... yes. It's a transformational version of freeform writing. It's giving the feelings and thoughts a voice that are having, seem like they're getting in the way. So, blah, 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 I can't deal with this, F, F that person, blah, blah, blah. And then, this is the thing that I always teach people that come to me. Let it out, and then I say to that part of myself, thank you for telling me how you feel. I appreciate what's coming through. I hear that you have a lot of energy moving. <laughs> and that part of me goes, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, then, so now I'm facing my own mind. And then I keep loving it, and then I and I start loving it, and it's at first it doesn't even believe me, but then I might ask it, why are you coming up right now? What do you want to share? And it will start to give me the solution. So the thing I thought was the problem becomes the solution. That's what's the word uh, when you take gold, some lead or whatever, and make it into gold. No, it's a word. Alchemy. alchemy. That's alchemy. That's divine alchemy. Yes. It's just like the kids in the classroom. They're the canaries in the coal mine. When I love them and make them my ally, they turn into the solution. They become the thing that I heard that when I was the inclusion specialist, I read something that like include transformation happens when the people that or or the voice or the thing that was perceived as the problem becomes empowered enough to redefine what the problem really is. Yeah, so, and, but that's, everything about metaphysics is living it here. And that's what all the great teachers that taught this weekend. It all came back to living it here. You know, that everyone quotes Gandhi, what is it? Be the change. And it wasn't, you know, and, and it, it's, it's heaven on earth. And that's why Daryl and I kind of wince a little when people say, willy-nilly ministers say the world is bad and I know and I go through the same like affirming that because we were built for this we came here to transform this and every generation has had this every generation has come through and had their own version of this so to, to, to think that that to call that the world and that the world is it's it's not quite getting how powerful this stuff is, in my opinion. Well, before Janet jumps in, I gotta say one last thing I heard from Fillmore. Yeah, look at you're quaking. I know, we, we got her up here, we're very excited. But this blew my mind, I read it right before I traveled here. It's in a book called Dynamics for Living. Yes. And it's a compiled little book of short paragraphs of Fillmore. I open it up and he says this, the proof that there is that evil like there's the good and evil rather than just all good that yeah. that there that the 
it was talking about Adam and Eve and the, you know, the tree of life. And now it's, we're stuck in this idea of good and bad, good and evil. Well, the proof that that is and uh, not a reality, not a truth, not a principle, not a principle is because good and evil is always a, is always subjective. Yes. And it changes. Right. The enemies change. Like, so that's not principle. Yes, because the principle is that God is on both sides of every table at every moment. Yes. Period. That's the only real solution. Yeah. To think anything else, it's just drama. So we got Janet up here. Janet okay. Prince. <laughs> I had an aha moment yesterday. Mm-hmm. I believe it was uh, Reverend Sandra Campbell that was speaking. Uh-huh. Because even though I firmly believe that there is God, that there is good in each and every situation, when someone loses a child, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yes. That is a tough one. Yes. And I'm like, how do you see good in this? How do you see God in this? And Reverend Campbell was up here and she talked about losing her two-year-old son. Yes. And the what she said was eventually she discovered that was an opportunity for growth. Yes. So right. no matter what it is we're facing, even the very worst thing that can happen to you, you may not be able to see that good or see the God right now, but if you can look at it eventually as an opportunity for growth, then that is going to lead you to good and yes. to God. Right. And I kind of felt guilty for telling people that there's good in everything and God in everything because you've just lost somebody you really love, right. you know. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, the next time I'm asked to speak somewhere, I'm going to really delve into this and present it as opportunity for growth, yes. no matter what the situation yes. is. Yes. So that's what I wanted to say. Well, stay put, because uh, I was on the airplane here, mm-hmm. and my new thing that shifts me out of good, evil kind of judgment, feeling alone, is affirming everyone here is God. Everyone here is God. Because even in the type of ministry that Daryl and I do, it's easy to make it like that other part of me, that separate, that the part of me that feels like I'm worse suddenly starts to feel like, oh, now I'm on stage, now I'm high and better. And it's tricky, right? I mean, it's so, because spiritual psychology is, a lot of it's about dissolving polarities. Meaning if, if I think I'm better than everyone else over here in that way that's unhealthy. There's another part of me that thinks I'm worse. Otherwise, I wouldn't be thinking that. And then how do I dissolve that and become whole again, you know? Because both sides have something to tell me, right? And so I was on this plane. I was affirming. And it was full. It was real full. And I was, everyone here is God. And it really made my flight better. The very last moment, this kid, this young man turned to me and said, where are you going? No, I think I asked him, are you going, you staying here? Because we were on a connector flight. And then he asked me what I was doing. He was going to uh, smoke a joint in Denver <laughs> that was on his way to wherever he was no going. Request. And I was going to you know, come here. And um, I told him why I'm here. And I was like, for me, it was that moment of like, okay, I'm coming clean. I'm just going to say why I'm coming, metaphysical Bible. And then he, he started really inquiring, like, what does all that mean? What is it, what is it for? 
And I just started describing the effects that it has had on my life. I feel more joy. I've attracted more success. Everywhere I go, I find friends. I feel healthier. I'm connecting with you. I, see God, I get to see God and everyone else. And um, he turned to me and said, well, I'm going to my mother's funeral right now. And we had bad blood. And, you know, I'm not sure. I don't even want to go. And he, he had a lot of wisdom, too, discernment. It wasn't all just. So, but the reason that by seeing God in everyone, and this happens to me often when someone who has lost, someone's left the physical plane or whatever died, as, you, as we call it. I, when I'm in that God state of mind, I've, I felt his mother with me. I felt his living mother. And I turned to him. I said, your mom is going to, if you stay open, your, mind is good, your mom will guide you. Whatever you choose to do, whether you go, because he already, right. had, he was wise. He, kinda, he set up an hour before the service. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, he's, he was, he didn't have any, he had never read any of this stuff, but he was like, I'm really worried I'm going to get triggered by different family members. And I just don't want to have that kind of experience. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not going to, I have no judgment about that. I, that sounds like there's wisdom there. But yeah. I just, the thing that took it, takes the weight off me is I just felt his mom. I feel the living presence. And, and I just didn't try to make it, I didn't even try to really comfort him. I just had that knowing, and I shared from that place, and I let him have, that left him to have space, whatever kind of feelings he was having, and it was just profound. It's like, I think from Daryl, I've learned a lot of things that, I, that we can say to people. Like, even if I just turned to say, you know what, I appreciate you for telling me that. Mm -hmm. I, I used to say, I appreciate that, but now I say, I appreciate you, and that changes everything. Someone does something for me, I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, so those little things are, um, so life-affirming, so, and, yeah. And I think Daryl had a very good point there, is that things are what we name them. Yes. Yeah. We can name them good, or we can name them evil. Yes. But really, those things just are. Yeah. yeah. And so it's how, yeah. how am I going to name this thing? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of house cleaning on that, because I named a lot of things in my past with my family and stuff bad. <laughs> but you know what, just knowing that I have these tools and I have this power in my mind to say, sometimes it has to be mechanical. I have to just make myself say something new. So I was walking, because I walked with um, the Australian couple mm -hmm. to the arches while you guys were taking a nap. Graham and, and Mary. Graham and or Marie. Graham and Marie, is Marie. that right? Yeah, Marie. it's Graham yeah. and Marie. Had a great walk over there. I love those two. And on my way, I decided to take a walk back. There's beautiful sunset the weather we are so blessed the weather's like santa monica and in we're in Missouri. the middle we're in the middle yeah november and it feels like yeah los angeles so i saw the deer and i started talking to my grandparents and then you know my grandfather was no he, i think his parent his family was lutheran but he never really went to church my grandmother was devout catholic um and said the rosary all the time but then yeah, I've just been coming to grips with all this. She died when she before she died. She really believed that God had let her down. She didn't have the tools, the affirmative, you know, prayer tools. So she was. A lot, it was a more beseeching style, you know, prayer. So, but I don't care. It was perfect for me to get where I am right now. Daryl said yeah. the most profound. One of the most profound things recently he said. What do you say about like it's proof? Oh, yeah. I wrote it down in my book because I was thinking yeah. about. My, um, 
you know, all the seemingly negative stuff in my life. And I was going, I didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a, oh God. Like a tragic or yeah, not a Yeah, my life wasn't tra tra tragic. Because my life was proof that God loved me. Because there was always, I would have never ended here. How did all these things, people would turn up, not family, there was no fam, but real family, but there was always some sort of angel, or even if I made a wrong decision, there was always an opportunity yes. for someone to help me and give me love in some way. And not by giving me a handout or a place to stay, but by giving me some Wisdom. spiritual suggestion, even if they right. weren't spiritual. Right. That I mean, it's God has always loved me. It wasn't a misfortunate life. I'm actually living proof that even with all the craziest things that could happen that seemed so tragic for a child, God was loving me the whole way through. Right, right. And it's profound to actually say, this was perfect for me. Yes. So I was telling my grandparents on my, while on that walk, like, I hope you love me as much as I love you, and I hope I can love you as much as you love me. And I started really feeling the gifts. Like, forget about that surface level of misunderstanding, whatever. Right. Just feel the loving gifts that came directly from God. And I had such a wonderful chat with my family in the unity form, the silent unity form. Just, it felt so good to talk to my grandmother again. just be able to connect with that love because I I'm as a person I miss that and I now I don't have to miss it because all that you know I was a teenager and arguing you know, like whatever but she's with me now and I told him I'm like I'm doing this that you guys might not have understood at that time I'm doing this and you're with me and whether you know like on the physical like that earthly understanding doesn't matter I'm taking I'm reclaiming that we're all together I'm not going to live in this illusion anymore that I'm alone or that I ever was and so this feels good Ah, yes. thank you. For, wow, thank you for sharing that. Ginny, yeah, this is Ginny Roll who just slipped into the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, where are you? Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Ginny, so everyone... I mean, if you want, you could just jump in with truth, but uh, okay. whatever you okay. feel. Okay, so I'm, I live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm a unity minister. I've been a minister since 07 and found unity. And when I found it, I, I just knew this is what I wanted to talk about, live with and it changed my life. And our whole conference was talking about the experiences that people have had through reading the Bible and looking at it through the eyes of a metaphysician, which just means that you look at, the, you look at it as how the Bible speaks to you as an individual, yes. instead of just it's a story of the past. Right. It's, it's your story. The Bible is our story also. And the whole New Testament was done by this wonderful guy, Mark Hicks, who has um, 
uh, has all kinds of metaphysical interpretations of the pieces of the Bible of the New Testament. So when you read the Bible, you really get a sense of, well, what does it mean to me? Yes. How does it mean, how does it apply to me? And right. it makes it so rich. So we had 20 people come up and talk about how the Bible has made an amazing difference in their life, that they see their, their life, um, their thread of their life in the story that they picked up from the Bible as they interpreted it for their own life. It was so powerful. Mm. I mean, it, it, it just brought tears to your eyes because it, it was about almost like you all are talking about this, this idea of having that feeling of um, goodness and things happening for good, even though, you know, they would say, yeah, it didn't look good, it didn't really look all that good. But all of a sudden they could continue to see within it just this goodness yes and 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 talked about that it was so fabulous i i'm leaving here i'm buzzing i'm buzzing yeah <laughs> well you closed the, you were the last speaker at the um and it was you were buzzing then and you had us buzzing as well yeah, yeah. wait and then there was a song at the end there <clears throat> this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you thinking? I don't think we're gonna top that. I know. I don't think so either. But I'll tell you this. Does anyone here know why the night Jesus was born was so quiet? Anyone? No. We found this in the archives dumpster. Ooh. Yeah. I the song, Silent Night, but that's about it. <laughs> Silent Night. Well, Mary was giving Joseph the silent treatment for not booking a room in advance. Oh. <laughs> 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 Well, why don't you guys start singing this little light of mine, and I'll tell people thanks for tuning in. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Thanks for tuning in to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. I'm going to let it shine. I forgot to say what the rest of these. Oh, here it is. You can go to DarylandEd.com to find easy links to everything we do. Let it shine. Come on, this little light of mine. This little light of mine. Come on, sing it with us. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards.